Previously on the Nostalgic Front Podcast. All right, Big Dog, it's time for uh, the topic of the show. Oh boy, this is going to be the most in-depth fucking that we've ever had. The best movie of 1988. Of course, the movie that this episode is all about. It is the movie that we both love and know, Short Circuit 2. Yeah. The continued adventures of Gutenberg and the robot. uh, Which we... (laughs) What's up? What's wrong? Uh, Gutenberg's not in Short Circuit 2. The fuck? <laughs> He's not. Patrick, did you even watch Short Circuit 2? Uh, can I be honest with you? You know, we... What? I 100% did not watch Short Circuit 2. God damn it. Oh, crap. We got to record this podcast. Coming to you live from the Des Moines, Iowa, Nostalgic Front Studios, I'm Brandon Ream. And coming to you live from the Brooklyn, New York, Nostalgic Front Studios, I'm Patrick Hasty, and this is the Nostalgic Front Podcast. Fantastic. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. You're not not Brandon Ream. No, I'm not. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) You tell me. uh, Wow. So this is my wife. Uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I am Stacy, Patrick's wife. I am sitting in for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, not the whole well, fucking thing. Not okay. the whole. You're only gonna. We're doing the. So, <laughs> Brandon, he's he. You know, he bought his house in Des Moines uh, as a goof, I guess, and he's trying to fix the floors. I don't even know if you know this, Stacy. He's trying to fix the floors, and so he rented some equipment. I don't know what, like a sander or something, and so he's like some big equipment and he's trying to fix some wood floors and he's just, it's taking a lot longer than he thought. And so tonight it's Sunday when we're recording, we were trying to make it keep going. You know, we wanted to get a good thing going. Didn't times didn't work out. Uh, and so since we want to have a show, what we'll do is we're going to do, I'm going to do, I figured Stacy, she's in here. We're watching football together. Right. Yep. So I'm going to have her jump in and we'll do the top of the show and we'll do the training topics. And then of course it'll be some fucking, you know, uh, rerun, you know, we did 400 episodes of this thing for some reason, so we might as well get them, put them to use, you know? <laughs> yeah. How? I mean, yeah. my my first time on in 400 episodes. Well, that's fine. Yeah, but you're not a performer. You're a, you're, you're like a, a what is it? An artist. Uh, I would say the artist is a, but not quite. <laughs> I, not, I don't consider you don't myself consider yourself an, artist. an artist. No, I you do You ever not. see these fucking parks you're doing? <laughs> That's yes, art. I do. I don't consider myself an artist, though. But you know, you got it. That's crazy because I consider myself an artist and I don't do shit compared to what you do. Like, I, think, I write jokes about my rod and then I'm like, yeah, that's art, you know? Yeah. To, to me, like, I consider myself to be in a creative profession. I sure. do not consider, I mean, I'm, I'm a designer. Like, yeah. that's a creative profession. I do not consider myself an artist because I feel that art, being an artist requires that um entrepreneurial or not entrepreneurial but um that kind of motivation to self-promote and really be out there in that way mm-hmm. and that's not something that I do as part of my job I help get jobs for my office 
broadly, yeah. but I'm not there. I'm not doing that. I, I guess. So, so, but you don't feel in that term though, like you don't necessarily, that is true to an extent, but like, you don't have to worry about getting your name out there and stuff like that because you work for a firm that does that. It'd be like, if mm-hmm. I worked for Saturday Night Live, I wouldn't have to work so hard to do stuff for myself because Saturday Night Live would be doing that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, you're still an artist. You're just, you're still an artist and you're artistic. You just don't have to have that hustle life of an artist because the profession you're in doesn't have that element. Right. Cool. Okay. Well, how was your week? How's it been going? What have you been up to? Work. <laughs> yeah. You work a lot. Yeah. I, I work a lot. It's been a quieter week, but um, yeah, just I've been going into the office a couple of days a week and I'm been like working at home the other days i know this is probably thrilling podcast but uh, this is what I... the fucking thing is everybody is so <laughs> goddamn excited to not hear me and reem talk about uh madden again or whatever the hell or civilizations yeah. you know i mean uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the past week invested in watching football i started uh-huh. a new knitting project last weekend and i am anywhere between a third and halfway done with a blanket so yeah you know you were trying to happening your knitter you were gonna make me a shirt i'm still going to just the one i started was not going the way i wanted it to yeah something went wrong yeah uh not your fault though right yeah no my fault it was your fault oh yeah Yeah. okay completely Uh, my fault and so then what you did is you took it apart what do they call that frogging so frog you in a court and you pulled that shit apart and then you turned all that into a blanket I, I'm in the process of turning portions of that into a blanket, yes. Yeah, so now you have a blanket. Yeah. Yep. Um, how many things do you think you've knitted so far um, altogether? Including individual hats and whatnot, probably. Yeah, um, you know the question. I just asked the question. I know. Um, probably close to 40 things. Wow. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite of everything you've knitted? I do. The I knit a red sweater last year. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember the red yeah. one. That's one definitely you, my favorite one. You wear it. I do. Yeah, because I could, didn't realize, like, later I saw you wearing it. I was like, wait, did you bu- build that? Because it's yeah. it looks very much like something you would just go buy at a store. Yeah, that's my favorite knit so far. My second favorite is that yellow sweater I made, but yeah. I made it way too big. Also, definitely my fault. So yeah. that uh, lion yarn box that you mm-hmm. saw that was delivered, that's actually new yellow lar- yarn so that I can make a new yellow sweater. Oh. and not have to take that one apart i can not donate to... that one yeah or yeah. you think anybody's gonna want that you think anybody's gonna put that on and be like i bet some fucking lady in brooklyn made this you know i mean i do have tags that i can put in it you do you have your little what is it made by stacy or whatever yep. stitches by stacy stitch by stacy stitch by stacy yeah yeah um that's fun yeah and so we yeah you're watching football we hang out a lot so your stuff is my stuff but that's not yeah. true though really Right. Because you do, <laughs> we have different, we have like other elements. Yes. Like I woke up today at 1130. What time do you wake up? I woke up, um, slept in again today, woke up at a little before eight. <laughs> yeah. You wake up. So what have you been up to? Like what shows have you been watching that I don't watch? Um, Shows I've been watching that you don't watch <sighs> lately. I mean, football's really kind of been taking my life over yeah because since that came back so really i haven't like before you get up i put like game day on or the espn um nfl countdown and things like that so that is really kind of taking over my weekends and will be through the rest of the year Mm. um which 
to be completely honest, I love football. I enjoy that. It's really kind of a bright spot. But when I'm like also part of my weekend mornings is I will go to the coffee shop and do some work. And right now it's just a lot of prep for my class. Oh yeah. You're teaching a class that starts Mm -hmm. on Thursday. Yep. I teach planting design with New York Botanic Garden. Yeah. So what do you do in that thing? You tell them like, yeah, put them over here. Uh, I tell them, I introduce the, so the students that that I have are advanced design students in the landscape design curriculum. Mm -hmm. It's for an art, it's an adult education thing. And you can get a certificate to be a landscape designer in lieu of what I am and where I'm a landscape architect. So landscape designers can work for landscape architecture firms, but they are not, uh, they don't have the same education in landscape design that I do that would easily, that would permit them to be a landscape architect um, as easily as I was able to. Sure. Uh, Easy in quotes. Um, But they have basic design skills. They know how landscape design works, all that sort of stuff. And so I take all those design principles and manipulate them and, and kind of reframe them in a sense that works with plants and how planting is used in design and how just simple principles such as balance and color and texture are then applied and applied to plants. So Hmm. thinking about like, I mean, to, to me, things such as color is very, straightforward people know fall color people know flower color stuff like that but when you think about the texture of a plant that's something that a lot of people don't consider so big leaves of an acer platinoides uh or wait is that a harry potter thing uh no <laughs> did you do a spell no uh big leaves of a norway maple oh yeah sure okay you should okay yeah 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 yeah. just a norway maple okay yeah so big leaves of a norway maple or a london plane tree versus the needles of a um pine tree or something like that okay so big texture big leaf small texture small leaf so the people not that this is an interview podcast anymore it used to be but now it's not Mm -hmm. but um so w- let's say somebody, it's, uh, like you taught this class last year, mm-hmm. when people leave on the last day, what are, mm-hmm. what are they know now that they didn't know before? Like, I know they um, don't know some jargon, but like, what are they more, uh, whatever, like, uh, up- approved or apt to do now? Well, so they understand kind of some of the, they understand some of the considerations that you really need to think about with planting design. So plants are such a, strange like landscape design in general is a strange medium that the first day it's completed mm-hmm. it's it doesn't look done because plants Have when they're grow. planted are very small and yeah. they grow and they're very they change over time they grow they evolve they spread they shrink they um and there's such a factor of um you have a factor of kind of unknown as part of it because you are putting your creation in the trust of people to maintain it and keep the intent that you have set forward. So planting design plants are often where that intent goes wrong because you pick the wrong plant 
and it will die and that becomes a maintenance issue and people will pull just yank all of it out because they're sick of it and then just plant whatever they want yeah and it's and that's why you the same things that's like what my dad will do where you'll see like plants that like shouldn't be in a spot right they don't look well there but whatever somebody had some seeds so he put it there or whatever right and so with planting design it's really kind of that puzzle like what are all the clues available on a site like where's the sun coming from how much sun are you getting what kind of soil do you have taking all these bits and pieces understanding the context and picking plants based on that okay like, so there are so many plants that can um kind of fit the mold but it's going then taking that mold and applying it to your concept like concept can be something as simple as I want all the color tones in this to be a warm color tone. So like all the oranges and yellows and reds and whatnot. So then like spring through fall and even into winter, you have all those colors and that's the primary palette. But then how do you find the right plants to then fill that space and the size of the space that you have? Okay. Now, uh, let's not, let's not talk about plants no more. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. That's, I, I feel like I learned a little bit there. I also still don't understand it fully, but, uh, let's, okay. We've I been talk- together for 15 years. You, what? you'll know. <laughs> it's more than that, isn't it? 2006, a little like 15 years and some months. Oh, in my head, I thought it was like 16 or something. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But you haven't figured out what I've, what I do for nah. a living after that long. You're never going to figure it out. Why do I care? You know, you don't know what I do. Maybe you do. Kind uh, of. But anyways, uh, the thing that I'm more interested in, though, uh, mm-hmm. is so you you work a lot. That is something you do, as we mm-hmm. touched on. And you're also you do these big things. You're teaching. You knit mm-hmm. is a big thing. But what I am actually kind of interested in is and I touched on this a minute ago, the shows that you watch that I don't watch and the shows that I watch that you don't watch because mm-hmm. we have very different. We watch stuff together. We have that time, mm-hmm. but then much like how you woke up today, four hours before me, I went to bed last night, four hours after you. So there's like, yeah. the, we have these like alternate television and stuff, things going on. So like, I just finished that show for all mankind, the the space show, the second season, which you mm-hmm. fucking hate it. Like you didn't like that <laughs> at all. Right. And I could not, uh, did not like it. And I just kept telling you about it. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. when you, it's the only thing I'm watching, it's what I want to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. And of course I have the podcast where I talk about it a little bit too, but um, but so I'm, I'm going to run down some shows that I think that you've been watched that you've watched that I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'm just going to run through these are some just shows I've seen on Netflix that I think you watch. Have you watched, uh, Outer Banks? Yes. Is that good? So I am going to say yes, with a big kind of asterisk of, I am a sucker for teen dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And like, that's kind what. Of- I'm like looking up on murdery Netflix. Po- murdery, not murdery yes. shows, but like suspense sort of things. Teen yeah. drama thrown in with suspense and just all that sort of stuff. Okay, so you like so, that. And yes. we both like some of that shit. Like uh, we both enjoyed Mayor from Easttown a whole lot. Yeah, the suspense would be, you would probably yeah. like the teen drama part. You probably and would I enjoy. I enjoy the teen drama aspect when it's stuff that I was on when I was a teen. Like mm-hmm. I would rewatch Dawson's Creek. And I also, mm-hmm. there's other things on this list too. I like Gilmore Girls, same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, because, but then I did watch uh, Sabrina with you and we enjoyed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get into Riverdale, which is another one you watched for Riverdale. Right. Um, and now, go Riverdale, ahead. honestly, what it came, got to a point where it was just kind of a, I need to finish this marathon. Sure. 
like and you liked what yeah. was the first one the kind of what started all this for you was pretty was it pretty little liars or was it gossip girl it was so it was first Fillmore girls because sure yeah, i got into like well i got into this whole string of shows that i needed felt i needed to watch that Oh, that's I right. missed out on in like high school and college because you I did didn't not watch. watch no, yeah. I did not watch Gilmore Girls until I was nearly 30 years old. Yeah. So it was Gilmore Girls. And then I think Gossip Girl after that, which that one also kind of towards the end was like a like it, it was a shorter like push to just get through it. But mm-hmm. um, Pretty Little Liars, that one was definitely a... Like, and that got wonky, point. right? Yes, that one yeah. got really wonky. And I don't even know if I finished it, to be yeah. honest. And then I went a bit of, on a bit of a hiatus where I rewatched Gilmore Girls like twice mm-hmm. and then um, got into the Sabrina Riverdale and... And you and like Outer Banks. And then are. so here's some other shows. Uh you that never have I ever show. We've yes. seen I've seen some of those. That's pretty good. That's a um, fun show. It's yeah. a good like it's a good little show. They have some good humor in that. There are it's it's literally like, and I think this is just kind of how you are, and I think it's it's not a bad thing at all, but like I feel like you're the perfect market for Netflix shows, but not because but but not for the way they intend. Like mm-hmm. I think they want you, they want you're the perfect person to watch them because you're going to watch them, but that's it. They want mm-hmm. people that are going to watch them and then tell their friends about them and then fucking like make blogs about them and videos and stuff. And mm-hmm. you're not going to do that. But like you watched uh, Ginny and Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that yep. show seemed like I, whenever it was randomly on, I'm like, this doesn't even fucking look like it's, it looks like commercials. Cause it's like, right. it looks right. Cause Netflix is really good at making things look certain ways, mm-hmm. but it's like, it was very weird. And then did you watch Atypical? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm just literally looking at TV for teens. on Netflix. <laughs> um, There's a new uh, season of atypical that I have not seen in a new season of Outer Banks that I have not seen. Sure. Oh, so that, and then a lot of this stuff, too, like we've talked about, like Sabrina and mm-hmm. uh, 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 Riverdale and all that stuff is produced by the same guy that mm-hmm. does like the arrow and flash all those shows that I kind of like and stuff. So um, there is like a meeting ground in this stuff, but it is interesting right. when sometimes you're into something and it's like, I'm like, I don't fucking care at all about that. And then other times and like, you we're get both very invested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're both, kind, but also, and I think this is part of the Netflix thing. I get very invested. Like we watched three or four episodes of that. Uh, Never have I ever show or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm not thinking about it later that day, you know? Um, right. I like it doesn't stay with me. And then when I we jump back in, I'm like, what? Uh, I, and I think that's kind of why I like those shows, because like when we were watching Mayor of Easttown, like my mind was like my, my mind would drift to it. Like, yeah, totally. Especially after like we watched the intro to the SNL, the, the SNL murder, 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 which if I you went into my office. Like I went into my office before we finished the show. But after we watched that part and I was alone in the office because most people yeah, are nowadays. still working remotely. And I just kept like finding myself whispering murder dirter. Yeah. <laughs> they murdered my daughter. My daughter had a daughter and they murdered her. <laughs> uh, that's a great sketch. The only problem with that sketch is if you go watch it, spoiler, like or whatever, trigger warning, it's from the fucking episode Elon Musk hosted. Yeah. So Elon Musk shows up in the middle of this beautiful sketch. Like uh, you can honestly probably 
ended before yeah it could have been cut there. before he showed yeah. up and it would have been great. yeah yeah um but then that's how i am too i like that when i'm in a show like that where i because there my shows like that are like flash and mm-hmm. uh, le- uh uh um the legends of tomorrow these like space superhero shows where i'm not thinking about them you know mm-hmm. i'm interested and in, i really like the characters in them but i'm not like thinking about them but then right now the show that we are watching as a couple is the morning show that is very good and, and also mm-hmm. of course ted lasso which we'll talk about in the next segment but oh yes um but the morning show which we're both really enjoying and what did you think going in did you think it was going to be what it is no because i remember when i remember in 2019 when it premiered mm-hmm. seeing um seeing articles and whatnot that people were not thrilled with it yeah like it wasn't it was like just the first episode like it premiered and then there was a lot of critique critics talking about it which i mean in all fairness i'm not like a super pop culture person i'm on a pop culture podcast and nostalgic podcast finally i'm not i'm not like really into it so like it's like I hear those stories and I'm like, I just kind of take it at its word better for better or worse. And then I don't really look into it. So I don't know what the specific criticisms are. I think mm-hmm. people weren't thrilled with Jennifer Aniston yeah. in it, but, uh, or like I, I how also... she was portraying her character, but how it has evolved and turned, I've really enjoyed it. And I think it's been a lot better than what that initial criticism ever called. Yeah. Well, and also it's very hot button. It talks, if you guys haven't seen the show, it talk, it's um, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. And it's, it's basically like kind of telling the Matt Lauer story to an extent, like a fictionalized version. But like, what if this big morning show had a massive sex scandal where a guy was a pervert? And I think also that probably when that came out in the middle of 2019, Obviously, the Me Too movement was still much newer than it is today. So, like, if we were watching it then, we might have all those same critiques. It's like mm-hmm. when they made those movies after 9-11, like a couple of years after 9-11. You're like, Jesus, give us some time. Mm-hmm. And now we've had more time and we've had more information and we can, we've can we've learned to deal with this. The It's not a shock that all these people are horrible men anymore in show business. So we're being able to deal with it. So when we're watching it, it's slightly different, you know? Right. Um, I also think it launched Apple TV. I might be wrong, but I think it was one of the first shows that launched Apple TV. Yeah, I I think so. I think you're right. So then it had had more stakes tied to it. So it was easier to use it as a punching bag. Yeah. Um, But I do enjoy it a lot. Um, And then I'll say, uh, is there anything else right now that you're doing that I don't know? Like, are you watching any other shows that I don't know about or anything or reading any? Do you read? Have you ever read books? (laughs) <laughs> yes i have read you read books. books now this is a real question I, no like when you're at work do you read books or anything not really like i'm too busy at work that and you like, read work stuff i'll re- yeah i read work stuff and i read design articles and things like that but as far as reading for enjoyment um i haven't in a long time yeah. i think because my Reading, like, I've enjoyed, I enjoy reading. I enjoy the stories. I like the genre I typically kind of go towards is nonfiction. Wait, nonfiction is the one that is real, correct? Yeah, nonfiction okay. is real. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I lean towards nonfiction specifically, like memoirs and biographies. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I love people just telling me stories. That might be one yeah, of the reasons yeah. why I'm married to you. You talk yeah. and tell stories constantly. Tell stories, just bullshit and- <laughs> all day long, blah, blah, blah. And this is what happened next <laughs> on the space show. And so, 
like I love that so that's what I tend to gravitate towards and everything but with like because of I've never been like an avid reader for enjoyment just with like fiction stories and stuff like that when I was younger I would a little more but it's never been something I've gravitated towards Mm -hmm. as like a release I will so when I'm on a train I will use that time to decompress and I'll just play games on my phone if I have a small knitting project I'll bring that and that's kind of what because if I'm not having to work Mm -hmm. I try to use my brain as little as possible so that I don't get too tired and if I read I just kind of glance over the words and don't remember something that's I that's what I do that's why I I like I'm sure what we we talk about this you and I a lot pretty sure my brain's rotten. I have ADD or ADHD or some form of that stuff. Uh, and also lots of other things wrong, but, um, uh, I can't read, I can't sit down and look at a book. I don't have the attention span. Um, but I've been doing audible audible again. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to audiobooks a lot, like that star Wars book I've been talking about on the show and stuff. And I found it good. And the other night I started listening to, cause when I go to bed, I'm trying to find the good mix of what to do when I go to bed because I have to have something audio or my brain doesn't shut off. Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to this book, uh, Alien 3 by William uh, Gibson. And like the, there's the movies Alien and Aliens, right? The first two movies. Then there was a third movie. And this guy, William Gibson, who's an author and who wrote the screenplay for, I think, Aliens. He wrote a screenplay for what he would, they thought Alien 3 should be, but the studio rejected it. But apparently, and Alien 3 is a movie that I really like, the actual movie that came out. I enjoy it, but most people don't. And so Audible basically made like an audio drama of it. Um, and I'm listening to that at night. And that's really good, but that's fucking me up because it's like a scary edge of your seat story. <laughs> so I'll like half awake up at like two in the morning. Like that happens all the time. And it gets my dreams. And that's when I like wake up and got to hug you for a long time or whatever. Because <laughs> I'm like scared or whatever. But I've been listening to that. I really enjoy that. So Alien 3 by William uh, Gibson. Um, that's it really for the first part. We also, we talked to, we, you and I went and had dinner with the uh, friends of the show, Chris and Emily the other night. Yeah. We Chris, had dinner with them on Friday. That Cal was wonderful. Giro and Emily and Emily's got a book coming out soon. Chris is on all these really funny videos on uh, uh, Twitter. He did a video where he, it was every NFL player, every NFL fan ordering a beer at a bar. And it was really funny, but the funniest <laughs> joke in it is he, 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 I think it was a choice, but the New Orleans <laughs> They had this like Irish accent, so it'd be like, "Hey, hey, I do, you know, I like to get a uh, some sort of a, uh, I don't know, very funny shit though." So go check that out. But yeah, we had nice Italian dinner with them the other night, and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. Uh, that's the end of the top of the show. Usually we end on some sort of a joke, but I'll just edit. Okay. Am okay. I not funny enough? Now we're fucking fine. Okay, okay. now it's a little bit of vanilla. I gotta make. <laughs> this is the joke I kept doing to Gideon the other day. I uh, asked me what you want for. What do you uh, or uh, uh, thank you for coming to Wendy's. What can I get for you? Uh, hi. Um, oh, I think you order one ready. <laughs> Trending. Trending. Trending topics. Trending topics. Topics that are trending. Trending. It's trending topics, I'm money. Now, you are not a person that I would consider into trending topics. <laughs> you know okay. about sports. Yeah. You're, you're following sports. So we yeah. like in terms of that, like we, but that's not really 
Tra- we're a sports podcast enough with rain mirror. So without yeah. a mirror, we definitely don't need it. But um, so what I <laughs> thought I'd do is I'll just tell you what this week's trading topics were. This is what we prepped for rain. Okay. And then I'll just see where your head's at with it. You know what I mean? Does that sound good? Is this like a, you give me a word and I try to guess what happened? No, or... it's more of just, I'll say, well, you'll figure it out. Now, first okay. off, I will, we'll, we'll slow play it in uh, a okay. new episode of Ted Lasso. Very good. Mm-hmm. The yep. beard episode. Um, Season finale, right? No, no, no. There's a couple more. No, I think I there's thought... one or two left. No, I think there's a few left. Okay. Um, we'll have to double check that because I but... thought NPR said it was the season finale, but I do not think so. Let me, I'll do it right now while we're talking, but here's the thing. Yeah. It's definitely not. Cause that was the ninth episode. No, no way it's ending on nine episodes. Um, but I, the thing that I was curious about with you is mm-hmm. uh, how are you liking the second season? What are your thoughts on it? I'm enjoying it. The character development from like, it, it's gone more dark from the previous mm-hmm. season and almost so, ominous. Yes. And so I think seeing like watching that watching that character development and um kind of all the i don't know how like spoiler alert you eh, are with no stuff. one's no one we okay. usually don't reem People doesn't watch gonna... reem doesn't okay. watch this show so okay. we never really talk about it in depth too okay. much. so listeners if you don't want to hear spoilery stuff we'll, we'll talk in general right so like the so bringing in the sports therapist and Mm -hmm. seeing all the stuff that kind of pulls out of that. Plus then the dating app and especially this last beard episode, the whole episode focused on coach beard. Yes. And that really took you on a roller coaster, like happy go lucky down to sad and depressed. And then what was real the whole time I kept thinking things weren't real, but I think by the end of it, everything happened. (laughs) Everything happened. Yeah. It was like that weird mental state when you are just a little too drunk and everything yep. where it's the the purple elephant or the totally. pink elephant or whatever yeah, yeah it's that sort of thing and seeing that spilled out like spelled out over an hour or whatever mm-hmm. through a whole episode and seeing that entire night and whatnot was um it was a really great i really enjoyed that episode. me too me too but this whole season because like the first season you had all these kind of happy little surprises and yes, it didn't end on. And we didn't know when we didn't know what was happening with the show. Really? Right. It was so such a a development of positivity, especially through Ted. Yes. And And then then seeing that change in this season Mm -hmm. has been really interesting. And And, something kind of like what we, what we were talking about with um, in the top of the show about the morning show reviews from the beginning we started this five or six episodes in and the things that I was seeing, the criticism I was seeing about the second season before we jumped in was people were being like, what is going on? Why is Nate such an asshole now and stuff? And I think that if you were, if I was watching all those episodes week by week, I might be a little more surprised, but since we had five or six built up before we jumped in, we saw the trajectory, the storyline go a little more. Yeah, we did. And that definitely helped. I mean, that's kind of one of the, that, I kind of miss the like the week by week approach to shows because because you do miss that out miss out on that but knowing you you like to let a little bit of backlog build up before mm-hmm. you start going into a show so which I'm fine with that I can I miss... wait a couple weeks but yeah 
I miss week by week with shit I don't care too much about. <laughs> and in meaning so with stuff like things I even love, but like mm-hmm. King of the Hill week mm-hmm. by week was fantastic. The Simpsons mm-hmm. week by week is fine. Mm-hmm. Even things like The Office or, or Scrubs week by week is fine. But Ted Lasso feels more serialized. Yeah. So it's like I, I want to know exactly what's going to happen next. And with especially with big shows like... Um, you know, like the morning show, like mm-hmm. I can't, we can't, I can't get through that shit fast enough. If we had to wait, which we will, cause we're going to be caught up very soon. Mm-hmm. That's going to fucking suck to have to wait a whole, you know, right. Week, every week to find out what happens next. Cause everything is so cliffhanger now and so serialized, mm-hmm. but with yeah. Ted Lasso, it's weird because I, I want to just binge it all right now. I want it to all be done. But also if this show was on NBC in 2006, I wouldn't have given a shit, you know, I would have been right. like, okay, that was this week's episode. We'll take a week and we'll watch the next one, you know? Right. Um, okay, so that's Ted Lasso. Now, the other thing we didn't, so it's not even worth mentioning, except for we both really enjoyed this show. But there was a new episode of What We Do in the Shadows on Friday night. Haven't seen haven't it yet. watched it. But this season, how are you feeling about the season? It's been, I. Bad? You're not liking it? No, no, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's, it has a little bit of, kind of in the way that Ted Lasso, I've enjoyed like the dark turn in Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. This one, the way that they've incorporated kind of these the storylines is- Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like the vampire- The vampire, know. whatever they call it, where they're like in charge of Council, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think overall, still great. The mm-hmm. storyline with Guillermo is, has always been great. <laughs> if Guillermo feels really interesting, because I feel like there's something happening- behind his eyes a yes. lot like what's going on with nate in ted lasso i yeah. feel like there's something else happening guillermo tells us a little more but right. still, like um i think that's really interesting yeah um, i think yeah so the guillermo storyline i think is fine and the i mean the vampires their storylines are always out there like they always are mm-hmm. but the but from store from episode to episode it seemed there feels like it feels like there's a little bit of disconnect mm-hmm. um which I don't think we had as much in the earlier seasons. Like yeah. it's always all the episodes have always kind of been their own bottle, like their yeah. own thing, but yeah. there had always been felt like there's a stronger string between them. And I think this one, the vampire council may be that, yeah. but it's not where that's going is not quite what I think. I, I agree with me. you. I see that too, but I look at that as kind of like a fun positive. I feel mm-hmm. like we know these characters. So I feel like the first season, ex- the first season introduced us to these characters. Mm-hmm. Second season, we learned the ways they're different. We learned the ways that like, okay, I know who you are. And then also here's your weird arrest development that too, where we're like, uh, Michael was one way. And then we saw, oh, Michael's kind of crazy too, you know? And then, so this season I feel like is, it's just everybody on, everybody's at their, um, can be anything. Everybody can be yeah. at their craziest and at their most normal wackiest, you know? Like, I love mm-hmm. Nadia, that thing where she was like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And there, he's like, really? And she's like, no! And, like, that is such a fun joke that makes more sense now than it would have in a, episode two of the first season or something. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's, but so, so we need to watch the most new episode of that. Other, other trending stuff, um, the Hawkeye trailer, the new MCU show. Did you watch any of the MCU shows? No. I don't think so you don't give a fuck about that <laughs> right like, uh, right. like honestly you don't give a shit about this it, superhero stuff. like it's they're fun from time to time but like yeah. stuff in that realm but it's never been a yeah. 
something that really grabs my attention for yeah like to invest time and knowledge into the so what hawkeye is is so in the mcu is all these movies right there's like whatever 20 some movies now you've seen a handful of them yeah um they started when disney plus came out now there's three series out now that are done okay um there was wandavision which is like mm-hmm. a weird show really mm-hmm. like psychedelic weird. Yes, like, yes yes yeah and then there's falcon and the winter soldier which is a very like almost like 24 or like a very straight spy type show or whatever mm-hmm. cop show but not cop but whatever you know procedural type and then there was loki which is another insane cool but totally different than wandavision was insane and cool show mm-hmm. and then now there's a, there's a series on right now called what if which mm-hmm. is every episode is a story about what could have happened like w- like literally this week's episode on what if was what if when uh, tony stark was in the desert in the first movie and he got rescued by this guy in kind of learn he got rescued by this random guy in the, in the desert mm-hmm. and it taught him how to be like kind of altruistic and he realized that selling bombs were bad and it start changed the trajectory of the world right it's what if he was rescued by killmonger who was the bad guy from uh, it was michael b jordan's character from black panther and it's okay. what if he was rescued by him who was still in the army in afghanistan and he's a bad guy basically so it's so tony never had that arc he never mm-hmm. almost died and the bombs just keep happening and stuff. Yeah. And so it's every episode is something interesting like that. And uh, what if was a thing I wasn't all that interested in, but now I am. So that's currently happening and that's animated. And so it's a okay. little, it's a little unclear on how that'll play in with the rest, like the film universe, but they do say it is because of this thing called the multiverse, everything can be connected. Yeah. But, um, but I do think, I honestly think that at the end of it, I think maybe these animated characters might become their film counterparts and it's going to fucking play into the next five movies and stuff because it's very interesting. But mm-hmm. um, so those are on. But then Hawkeye is the next movie that is the next series. that's coming out. It's coming out at Christmas. It's uh, Jeremy Renner, who plays Hawkeye in all the movies, mm-hmm. who I don't like him as an actor. I think he's a shitty guy, but he's fine. And mm-hmm. the premise is that he's um, so he's the guy with the bow and arrow in the movies. Yeah. Cat- like Katniss. Yes, very much like Katniss. And he uh, when the snap when thanos snap happened his whole family disappeared and he went crazy and became this character named the ronin where he just went and started murdering like bad guys like he'd take a sword and go chop off like yakuza's heads and stuff and mob bosses heads and stuff and he killed like thousands of people during those five years yeah and then he kind of was brought back in when the they needed to do end game and his family came back and he was really excited stuff well now he's like in this trailer, which is all we've seen so far, the show's coming out at Christmas time. It seems like it's going to be kind of like a Christmas move, a Christmas series where a week before Christmas, he's excited to have Christmas with his whole family because obviously the last five years they were blipped. Mm-hmm. And so he's excited to be with his kids who are alive, but his kids are also the same age. He's five years older. It doesn't really matter though. But then what happens is uh, the Ronin, the character that he was, the guy he was, somebody is going out and killing bad guys again. Mm-hmm. dressed the way he was and people are thinking it's him or whatever mm-hmm. and then he and then there's another hawkeye out there and he's like what the fuck is happening somebody's dressing like hawkeye and um the actress Haley steinfeld who's in like Dick uh dixonian or whatever that show is called emily dickens show okay. um and she was in like true grit she's a big actress she's playing another girl who in the comics there's like another hawkeye and she's playing that. And so it's kind of setting up that. And it all is supposed to take place in a week before Christmas. And it's got like really has like kind of like planes, trains and automobiles vibe where it's like 
just got to get home before Christmas. Just got to have, you know, it's got to be fun mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it looks pretty good. Um, you probably won't watch it or give a shit ever. A um, couple other things. Uh, DC Injustice, the animated movie for the DC animated universe. Okay. So, you know, there's all those like Batman and Superman cartoons yeah. on HBO Max. There's a new one coming out that's called Injustice. And um, the Injustice story is another Earth. Like, so it's not the main comic book Earth. Mm-hmm. It's this other Earth. I don't know what it's called, but the premise is that on that earth, uh, and there's video games based off. There's two huge video games that are based off of the storyline. I have one of them and they're basically Mortal Kombat type games, but then they have all this story in the background and stuff. Okay. And the, the story of injustice is really good. And it's that, um, the Joker kidnaps, uh, at the very beginning the Joker kidnaps Lois Lane and then does a trick to Superman that makes him think Lois Lane is a bad guy or, or is a bomb or something. And so Superman takes Lois Lane up into space to like take out the bomb or whatever it is. But then mm-hmm. when he gets into space, it wears off and he realizes that he's killed Lois Lane. And so Superman goes crazy and starts a massive wars on earth. And that's what happens because of that. And it's really interesting, mm-hmm. but anyway, they're going to do an animated movie about it mm-hmm. for the DC movies are not very good like some of them are but most of them aren't like batman versus superman isn't good and stuff justice league wasn't very good but these animated movies they do are always pretty high quality it's really Mm -hmm. really weird you don't know that the listeners maybe know that but yeah um and so i'm excited for that i didn't know i think it's already out but but they they do a a kind of an old traditional stuff where they like put them out on blu-ray and like six months later a year later they end up on streaming services so um Hmm. i'm excited about that um Nothing else really too much to talk about this week. Um, there's a new Secession trailer out. We both really like that show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to start in October and looks good. Um, new He-Man and the Masters of the Universe season, series is out. Not the same as the He-Man Re- or Masters of the Universe Revelations, a different animated series that came out like two months ago on Netflix. Mm-hmm. There's now another one that's maybe that's more for kids. Okay. So that's out um, tonight. Did you know this? The Emmys are tonight. I did know that. Yeah, in that while, um, but we'll be watching football. Yeah, we're gonna watch football because the Kansas City uh, game is starting soon. Um, they're gonna play the Ravens. Are you a Kansas City fan? I am a Kansas City fan. Were, but are you just because we got together? Yes. Like you didn't have a team prior to us, right? I right. So I enjoyed football. I was never that. I had teams that I did not like. Yeah, Bears, Vikings. Uh, no, I was fine with Bears. Uh, it was Green Bay. Green Bay, and of course. Green Bay Raiders, Patriots. Did okay. not like those teams. Um, and but what since we got together 15 years ago, I had formed an allegiance with you to Kansas yeah. City. And they're great and they won us the yeah. Super Bowl. They're fantastic. They lost us the Super Bowl too. But but ah they won fun. one. It is fun, and hopefully they'll change your name. So <laughs> I don't have to keep saying the Kansas City football Kansas City. team. <laughs> Um, so we're going to watch that tonight, but before we get to that, I want to do, cause I thought this was, I was going to do this mm-hmm. with Reem, okay. but I thought it'd be fun to do with you. Let's do some picks real quick, um, okay. for the, for the, um, Emmys. Okay. Um, oh no, it wants me to log in. Okay. There you go. It was doing that thing where it's like, Hey, this, this article's not free. Assholes. Yeah. But it's okay. So, okay. so we'll do the Emmys. So mm-hmm. let me pull this up. And uh, to be I'll, frank, I'm pro- I am going to lose. I am terrible at this. We do this with Oscars every year. We and do I, do Oscar picks. I never get more than like five or six. We're just, we're just going to do a, a few of the top ones. So outstanding drama series. 
Um, it is the boy nominations are the boys. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I have not. Bridgerton. I've seen it. I have not. The Crown. Seen uh, it. I've seen that season. I've seen yeah. some of it. The Mandalorian, which I've seen. I have not. Lovecraft Country. Neither of us yet. Right? No. It's on the neither list. Yeah. Um, Pose. Neither of us have seen that, I don't Mm-mm. think. The FX show. Handmaid's Tale. Have not seen the most recent season. But you've seen that series. I've you watched that. And I do not. Others. Yeah. And then This Is Us, which neither of us has seen. This is. No, we have no. not. So what do you think is going to win? Um, and this is what do you think is going to win, not what do you wish would win? I think Pose is going to win. Pose? Okay. It's got a huge, a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. I think, and you know what? I'm surprised. Maybe because it wasn't, because of the pandemic, it couldn't have been. I'm surprised Secession isn't on here. But I guess maybe that season was already yeah, because not eligible or something. I don't think so, because they didn't record. They took it the full year off to, I think they were going to start recording when, or like yeah. the next season when the pandemic hit, because I think we watched the second season of that prior to the pandemic. I don't, yeah, may, I guess so. Um, I'm going to say Bridgerton just because it's one of those things I've heard a million things about. So I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. Okay. So then outstanding comedy series, Blackish, which we don't watch. I've seen a handful of episodes. I've seen a handful. It's just like the other one. They're all of that. Blackish, Grownish. There's a whole yeah. series of them. And I've well, seen a handful when it's like, yeah. the, when they're in refunds or whatever. Cobra yeah. Kai. Which okay. is awesome. We both watched that, right? Great show. Great show. But it's also Highly fun because it was just on YouTube as this fucking nothing that nobody gave a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Netflix put the first two seasons on there and then it became a hit. And now the third season gets nominated for an, an Emmy. That's rad as hell. Fantastic. Um, and then the, I know we both love this show. Pin 15 got nominated for Best Comedy Series, Ooh. which is awesome. It's not. I do not think it's going to win. I There's don't n- think so either, but it's my it may be my like. Yeah hope and dream pick yeah it's one of my favorite shows uh next one is a show you saw emily in paris oh fuck yeah then there's a show called hacks which is supposed to be great on hbo max that we haven't seen right it's about stand-ups and i'm like i don't want to watch stand-ups you know i don't think that you would do that yeah yeah even though it's supposed to be really good and i like the the cast and stuff yeah um but then ted lasso i feel like that's my answer for what's gonna win i feel like can we pick the same yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I feel like picking. I'm feeling Ted Lasso. And then um, The Flight Attendant, which we both watched. For comedy? Yeah, it's nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. Um, isn't that weird? There wasn't much funny about that. Not at all. And it's an hour and a long, like, too. They usually don't throw those. It was one of those in. that they, like, like, it had its moments. But really, was Emily in Paris funny, you know? <sighs> it was one that they tried, but Emily in Paris also like was the one who flew a ton of people out to yeah it was a rigged Paris yeah that one was rigged so I'm hoping it doesn't win anything and then uh the last one is the Kaminsky method which is bad it's the um it's the guy that did uh like Big Bang Theory and all that Chuck Lorre he has a Netflix show with Michael Keaton and Alan Arkin or no Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin Mm -hmm. um and Alan Arkin's not even on it anymore it's pretty crazy um Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that. Um, we don't need to go too much deeper in that. Uh, standing lead actor in a series. Um, there's the guy from The Crown, Perry Mason. Yeah, we don't know. I don't want to do actors. Um, you think we'd have to look all these? Yeah, up. I know. I'm I don't just trying know to see if there's who any more. Is 
or most just, people? Because it's just Emmys, so there's not. I was what's the? I was trying to find the. Um, what do they call limited series? That's it. So outstanding okay. limited series is Mare of Easttown, which we both mm-hmm. really liked. I made uh, Destroy You, which is you saw. That's that Michaela Cole show. Yes, I saw her. The show it's based on. Yes. Or you I know. Have not- yeah. Yeah. I saw the show that like drove this. Yeah. I, that drove the narrative for. Yes. Like the I may destroy you, yeah. but uh, chewing gum. That's what chewing that gum, show yeah. was. Um, WandaVision is on this, which I saw. The Queen's Gambit, which you saw. Yes. And the Underground Railroad, which I think is on some app that we don't have. Okay. Um, but so for that, I'm going to, I think mayor of Easttown has it but i also think it would be really easy for the queen's gambit to win and then mayor of Easttown wins the actor awards for it you know yeah um i've heard really good things about i may destroy you me too but the academy is very weird about like if like the optics of that if like if they give it to them then they, they do the way That's the emmys true. and oscars are nobody wants to be even though it's probably the most quality of it all yeah. They don't want to be badgered into anything. So that's why I feel like the safety, just like with WandaVision, it's exciting and new and, and mm-hmm. sci-fi. And so I don't think it's going to go to that. Mm-hmm. But maybe you, if you want to pick I May Destroy You, that's a good pick. I'm going to do I May Destroy You. Okay. And I'll do Mayor, uh, Mayor, uh, Queen's Gambit. And I think okay. I think um, Mayor of Easttown will win the other thing. And then there's television movie. Oh my God. This is what we'll wrap up on. Television movie. We've never seen any of these movies, but one of them is Oslo. Oh, <laughs> which we've seen like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> because we were, I literally think we were fighting and we're like, fine, we're just going to watch a movie. Yeah, no, that's what happened. We were, <laughs> it's the worst. We were arguing and telling each other, you pick something out. No, you pick something out. Yeah. And you were like, you never pick something out. Just yeah. pick something. And I was like, fine. And I just pushed a button and Oslo came on. And it's recounts the <laughs> Oslo recounts the true life previously secret back channel negotiations and the development of the pivotal 1990s Oslo peace accords between Israel and Palestine Liberation Organization. And yep. it's like we're like 25 minutes in or whatever, and we're like, what the what fuck the is fuck? happening? <laughs> this is, and it's good. It's got the girl, like the lady from uh, she was on Luther and the guy from um what's that show? Sherlock. Uh, no, yeah, Sherlock, and then he's also the hot preacher in Fleabag. Yeah, in, yes. And so we were like, this will be fun. And then it's like, and it was also like literally while Israel was f- like Israel and Palestine are currently bombing each other yeah. on the news. So it was and, just this very strange, like back, like yeah. thing to watch. And then we're just all that's happening. Yeah. Like, they're about all to have this like, is, major war and Gaza's being bombed. And we're watching something about how they, yeah. ha- there were peace accords in the early nineties. Yeah. And we're just like, and all we huh. want to do is not be mad at each other. Yeah. <laughs> fucking some tv show we like okay i think we got far enough in where we're like well if israel and palestine can like figure it out yeah. for a little we can bit, figure it out we can figure it out like forget what's happening now but at least at this point in time they figured something out fucking finally <laughs> the nostalgic front podcast is brought to you by Kazi, jennifer l matt john grammar hole edward s Joan, Emmett, Christina A, Hank Finch, Mike Hawes, Brian, Sofing, Adam S, Shank, and listeners like you. All right, buddy. It's time. 
Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Now, here's the deal. Uh, uh, This isn't what we were going to do the fun size about today. Mm -mm. We'd been talking about it. You know, we sent texts back and forth. Yeah. Uh, We had had some other ideas suggested. Uh, BMs, yeah. Uh, And then what happened was uh, last night, uh, I made a literal uh, last minute call. Last night, I'm watching uh, television, and uh, I see this film, Beetlejuice. And Mm -hmm. I, like, this is, no shit. I was like, this is great. And then I went to uh, our, went to our website, uh, thenostalgicfront.com, uh, and then I clicked on our Podbean uh, thing on there, and then I searched in our Podbean Beetlejuice because I thought we had already done a fun size about it, and really? we hadn't. So then nope. I was like, well, fuck, that's got to be what we do then. Uh, so this morning during we, breakfast- We've only done one Burton film. Uh, what was it, Batman? Uh, Pee-wee. Pee-wee, that's right. Yeah. Now, here's my question about Tim Burton. Do you think okay? You know uh, who's the who's the guy that played uh, Buddy Holly? You know what I'm talking about uh, Gary Busey. Yeah, you know he like actually. Uh, my dad played Buddy Holly too. Uh, the record. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. So did uh, I played Buddy Holly not too long ago. Yeah. On from Spotify. Spotify yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know Gary Busey like hit his head. He was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, and if he didn't have teeth, he'd have died. Yeah, is that real? Uh huh. Um. He lived by the been skin of, the to- of his teeth. If I had been drinking out of the toilet, I could have drowned. Remember that from Mace Ventura? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Gary Busey wrecked that motorcycle, and then he's never been the same since. Like, he, he's his, like, he fucked yeah. his brain all up. Do you think Tim Burton wrecked a motorcycle, like, in 96 or something? No. Because, like, before that, like, Mar- everything from Mars Attacks before is so good. Ed Wood, Batman, even Batman Returns, Beetlejuice, Big Top Pee Wee, Pee Wee, like they're all so good. And then after that, it's like fucking. He didn't. Oh, he God. didn't do Big Top Pee Wee. No, whatever. All of those movies though are so good. And then everything after, like '96, like Sleepy Hollow's okay. But then it just started like Big Eyes is not good. Fucking. A lot of uh, people like Big Fish. Big Fish is okay, I guess, but it's still it's not the same quality as Charlie like, these ones. and that's the, not good. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. No, not it's good. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. Neither of those are good. Yeah, but uh, look at all. Their box office. Yeah, receipts. he's making money and shit now too. But it's like it's Dumbo like, wasn't it's good. So weird. Dumbo, I haven't seen it yet, but I can't imagine. It's I can't. Good. It, uh, it didn't look good. It's just so weird to me that it, that that that's a thing that like he used to be so good. But anyways, so the one in particular, I think a big part of it was uh, I don't know CG kind of killed. Yeah, a lot of his like the I don't know his inventiveness was the the practical. He kinda. sold out. Yeah, for I, I mean, hate sound so. Uh, no. Sounds so cool guy and throw around that one term that we yeah. know to be able to say is cool guys. But I mean, come on. I don't necessarily think he sold out. I think he just changed. Here's an idea. Remember on uh, Monday's episode with our fantastic guest, Brian, we we uh, workshopped that fantastic video game. Uh, what was it? Mortal sitcom bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking of workshopping a cartoon. Now, this is uh, I'm still this is mine. Trademark trademark. I was thinking about a, like a cartoon series that is like uh, kind of like a Muppet Babies, right? Or, you know, like when they made the Looney Tunes, but it's all film directors. So it's like little Tim Burton, little Steven Spielberg. Little you know? Kevin Smith. Yeah. And I was just thinking of how insufferable little kid Tim Burton would be. But I was like, maybe not. I'd make him as a cool character because I liked young Tim Burton, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you know what they dark say. And weird. Hmm. Young Tim Burton. Dumb Tim Burton. Full of cum Tim full Burton. Full of cum Tim Burton. Uh, let me read the Wikipedia on this. Since we are speaking about this one Tim Burton movie that we do love. I think I, I actually I might speak too soon. Do you love this movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I love it too. Um, let it's me. One of my, it's one of my VHSs. Yeah. Yeah. Video home. What does VHS stand for? Video home system. Oh, how do we not know this? 
video cassette recorder is a VCR. VCR. Video home system. Do you look have your cell phone? You look it up on your telephone. I don't have enough data. Well, I need to save it for the NFers. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I'm going to read the Wikipedia on Beetlejuice, okay? Um, dun, dun. <clears throat> Beetlejuice is a 1990... Oh, fuck. God, start again. Beetlejuice is a 1988 American fantasy comedy horror film directed by Tim Burton, produced by The Geffen Company, and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. The plot revolves around a recently deceased young couple, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, who become... Well, you know what they say about uh, recently deceased young couples, right? Recently deceased young couples? Mm -hmm. Recently deceased dumb couples? Recently deceased full of cum cuts? Sorry, I shouldn't be doing bits in the middle of... I say you can't pun in. You can come in anytime you want. Uh, Unless you're a vampire. Yeah, you're right. And then you have to be invited. Uh, ghosts, uh, okay, uh, who become ghosts haunting their former house. An obnoxious, devious poltergeist named Beetlejuice, pronounced occasionally spelled Beetlejuice in the movie, portrayed by Michael Keaton from the Netherworld, who tries to scare away the new inhabitants, which is Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and Winona Ryder, permanently. After the success of Pee-wee's big adventure, Burton was sent several scripts and became disheartened by their lack of imagination and originality. When he was sent Michael McDowell's original script... Wait, Michael McDowell? Yeah. Wait, who's that? It's the guy from the Doobie Brothers. Is that fucking real? (laughs) His original script for Beetlejuice, Burton agreed to direct, although Larry Wilson and later Warren Scarron were hired to rewrite it. Scarron? Scarron. The guy that did the final rewrite? On yeah. Beetlejuice? His name's Scarin. His name was Scarin? Do you remember when I used to do stand-up with my uh, wife, Scarin? <laughs> remember that? She used to come to the Fremont Open oh, Mics yeah. in Des Moines. Uh, Beetlejuice was a critical and commercial success, grossing U.S. $73.7 million from a budget of just $15 million. It won the Academy Award for Best Makeup and three Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film, Best Makeup, and Best Supporting Actress for Sylvia Sidney. Who the fuck is Sylvia Sidney? What the fuck's a Saturn award? Yeah, well, there's a lot of bullshit what, in this. Instead of a sentence. trophy, what do they give you? A ring? Uh oh, it was it was Sylvia Sidney's final award before her death in nineteen ninety nine. She was the older woman that worked for the dead company now. Remember oh, her yeah, when they yeah. go through the wall? They have uh, she is good. They built that opera house when she died. Yeah. The film spawned an animated television series, video games, a great and great a musical. That's out right now. Animated television series. Um. Wow. Okay. So Michael McDowell uh, was a killed Captain it, Kirk, the guy who started writing it. He, he was, was in a, uh, Caligula and uh, uh, Clockwork Orange. He was an American novel. That's what. That's who I was thinking. Malcolm McDowell. That's who I was thinking of when oh, I read his name earlier. Not Michael McDonald. No. Uh, he's an American novelist and screenwriter. And here's this is sad. He's passed away. He died in 1999. But Stephen King said he's the best writer of paperbacks in America. King, eh? Yeah. Well, I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him. Um, but yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, uh, so that's that's the film. Now, it, it, uh, what do you? What's your what's your uh, Beetlejuice history? Tell me about it. I uh, like it was one of my VHSs, so I've yeah. seen the movie. Watch it a billion times. plus times. It's a movie that much like um, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. So when this came out, what year was that? Eighty eight. So that was so. Here's where I was at that time period. Uh, I was being babysat. By mm-hmm. this lady named Elaine, and it was in the house that my best, one of my best friends, JJ, would later move into. But it was just me, and then a bunch of other kids, and then my cousin Dustin, and we were being babysat there. And this is the same house where I was being babysat when last week's Fun Science came out. Movie. So this was this, Beetlejuice is a movie that I remember sitting around the table in the morning breakfast with all these people, and then like all of us kids being like. Beetlejuice looks so good. Have you seen it? Oh, we got to see it. Oh, let's go see it this weekend. And being like, Elaine, can you take us to see Beetlejuice? 
And then eventually having all the toys there, we had all the Beetlejuice toys, which kicked ass because mm-hmm. they did like the special stuff and like the, yeah. you know, the fucking face would fall off and stuff. Um, By Kenner. Yeah. And so, so Beetlejuice was huge to me at that point. Um, and then the movie, I'll be honest, scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. The scene when they first look into the closet and she's hanging there oh, yeah. looking dead. Um, and when she's holding, right after that, when she's holding the knife and got fucking Baldwin's head. Mm-hmm. When I was a little kid, I mean, I would watch the movie all the time, but it was one of those things where it was like a self-imposed, like, oh, I'm going to go get a sauna. The, the thing that always scared me was uh, Realm of Lost Souls. Yeah, that was scary. They all and look- now that I've watched Dune, a lot of Dune in that. That fucking weird, scary monster thing, you know? It's never seen Dune. World. You got to see it, but if you like see it, you never seen Dune? Sand Dunes, full of it. You know who would hate Dune? Mm. Anakin Skywalker. Oh, yeah. He hates sand. It gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's fantastic. Now you would know off the top of your head. I'm too fucking dumb to look. Is was this before or after Batman? Before. This is before Batman. It was the first thing they did together. Yeah. What mm-hmm. a what a connection. Is yeah. Michael I, Keaton says that this is his favorite movie he's ever done. It's one of his best. It's so performances. Good. And he's only that's another thing. He's only in it like twenty percent of the movie. Seventeen minutes. Yeah. He he filmed it all in like fifteen. Two days. weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, everyone else is in it forever. Now. Um, well, I think it's a nice model. Some would even call it a nice fucking model. Yeah, meep, totally. meep. Uh, it's it's good. Um, I think I when I was rewatching it last night, which is probably the first time I've seen it in maybe five six years. Uh, him when he steps on that roach and then eats it, mm-hmm. I think that is the through line to my absolute hatred of cockroaches. Which I know nobody loves cockroaches, but like I'm so grossed out by him. Some people do. I think that's the scene because I think I associate what are those it with like that death study and bugs? all this stuff. Uh, imidolo- no, yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Like that? My friend Alistair's a bug. There's a lot of my high school friends referenced in this episode. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I really... Wait, your friend Alistair is into bugs? Mm-hmm. His name doesn't happen to be uh, Alistair Crawley, does it? Uh-oh. Honestly, you know what? You're not going to believe that, this. It that is. joke's got legs. That's his name. Really? Yeah, his last name's Crawley. Wow. Hmm? Creepy Crawley? Not related. Oh. No relation to the other one, Alistair Crawley. Okay. He's an A-lister, though. You know that? My friend Alistair? Mm-mm. Yeah, spell his name. A. Lister. Oh. Also, he starred in a, the Avengers movie. Um, the Loved it. Loved Beetlejuice. Oh, Re-watching yeah. watching it. I, so many scenes where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's when I would hide. That's when I wouldn't watch, you know, because I'd be too spooked. Um, have you ro- watched it lately? When was the last time you saw it, you think? Uh, I watched it on Mushrooms a good four years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty uh, it's a musical. etched into It's a my... musical when you watch it on Mushrooms, isn't it? Everybody's no. singing the whole time. No, no, but it's pretty etched into my memory. Yeah. I've seen it enough, oh, too. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I really really did numbers for that Harry Belafonte song. That fucker. It did numbers for our generation in Calypso. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just in, in general. And according to the, uh, I don't know if it's true, but according to the IMDb trivia, that was Catherine O'Hare's idea. That yeah. originally it was a different, um, uh, they were going to do a different song. O'Hara, sorry. It was uh, it was going to be some other random song that Tim Burton originally had done, and she was like, what if we do something Calypso-y? You know, and then that's what it was, and it's so iconic. Sure, she's great and everything, but she's really just funny. Oh, perfect in this, especially like uh, her, like she's got some dumb hipster mm-hmm. shit that she's doing too. Like I love where she, she's wearing a glove mm-hmm. for a hat. Yeah, yeah, her yeah. Art is, and a lot of the clothes, like the, when she's wearing the glove for the hat and stuff, a lot of that stuff is being reused a lot. So like her wardrobe 
like something that's a jacket in one scene is going to be later what her hat is made out of. So you yeah. can see like her totally like she's got a sweater on mm-hmm. for pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's great. And I do I and this is part of that Tim Burton aesthetic I think. But like I do like how they do the house. That's fucking crazy oh, yeah. the way it's all set up outside and stuff with this, like the open that, building. That's one of the reasons I want to go and just say, uh, well, number one, Frozen mm-hmm. on Broadway so was good. fun. But uh, I kind of want to go see Beetlejuice on Broadway. Oh, for sure! Just because of the aesthetic, yeah. That whole because that's it's based on all that funky, cool, like colorful goth. It uh, Burton. It just opened the. I think it's the previews. Maybe are opening now. Yeah. And uh, John Mulaney went. The uh, comedian John Mulaney, friend of the show, fan mm-hmm. of the show. He's a real in effort. Um, and John he, Mulaney, John John Mulaney. He's my butterfly. <laughs> my sugar baby. Yeah. He went and uh, he wrote like a really nice little thing about it being like, oh, it's so great. And it's if you love the film, you'll love it. And it's so good. And Tim Burton said something about how it like showed him things that like he never thought about for the show. Like it yeah. opened it up so much more. It's kind of curious, too, because I was reading about it earlier that uh, uh, one of the guys that like spearheaded it mm-hmm. has been like going to Warner Brothers for like years and being like, yo, yeah, we need a theater division. Sure. Because they got all these properties and stuff. That, that other are, people are pull, putting out and making the scratch well, on. It's mo- well, I'm... Uh, Make it in-house, you're saying. Disney's doing it. Yeah. Nobody else has been doing that. And it seems to be a trend now is to try and uh, reboot some of these older properties. But it's kind of funny just how long Beetlejuice has managed to stay relevant. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? Because it's not like... I mean, there's a lot of movies from that time period that fucking oh, totally. nobody should be giving a crap about anymore. But they had the Beetlejuice Rockin' Review at Universal Studios fucking ran for like 25 years. Yeah. And didn't now, am, am I incorrect in saying that when I showed up today, that's what you were watching? Yeah. Now that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were not in the room at that moment, but that fucking thing, dude, like... He was like in the audience talking to some uh like a like a girl in the audience yeah. who not to be crass had a huge rack uh-huh. you know and she's wearing stripes and he's wearing stripes and so he's talking to her and he is like I'm like in this climate we can't this can't be on you wouldn't do this and there's like children everywhere and he's like oh hey buddy you want to come out here we're going to be gone for 20 minutes actually it'll only be about 2 minutes let's get back here you know yeah. it's like so sexual He opens with a poop joke <laughs> the whole uh the Beetlejuice Rock and review, yeah. Uh, opens with like him off stage being like, Corn, I don't remember eating corn. Oh, great. And he comes out and makes a creature from the Black Lagoon reference. Jesus. And it comes down there, it's like, Hey, kids and family. And then, uh, it's kind of funny. One of them, they had a Brokeback Mountain joke. Oh, really? Uh huh. Jesus. But, but it was used just for the pun yeah. of Brokeback yeah, yeah, Mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like a homophobic joke. Or no, yeah. uh, Frankenstein jumps on his back. Oh, yeah. For a second, he was like, Jeez, you're. Talk about Brokeback Mountain. And that's one of those things where, like, since the show is just constantly updated and stuff. Yeah. Like, that reference, that joke probably changes every couple years they have, to a different reference. They, they have the 1992 uh, Beetlejuice Rockin' Review on the internets. And then they also have the final performance yeah. of the Beetlejuice Rockin' Review, uh, which he, he makes a lot more jokes about, like, hey, you trying to get me on Instagram? <laughs> it's all, like, pop culture new. Yeah, yeah. Jesus He's talking Christ. about social media on there and everything. That's awesome. And it's just kind of funny. Uh, you know, I spent a good 20 minutes watching Rock and Review. Yeah, uh, tell so me. So this tell is me. my Beetlejuice Rock and Review review. Review of the Rock and Review of the uh-huh. Beetlejuice Rock and Review. It's just funny that there, you know, all these like Also, it would have been, hold on. It would have been funny if your whole review was just, it's just funny. <laughs> 
Yes, please. But you have all these like uh, professional dancers. Yeah, yeah. And like actors and everything. And just thinking about the people that that's their gig. Yeah, yeah. Where they just, uh, I play guitar uh, as Frankenstein in the Beetlejuice Rock and Review at Universal Studios and. Orlando, Florida. Well, you know that like um uh the uh sometimes people that do those the like the Universal Studios and then like the Disney World out in or Disneyland and stuff, those people sometimes are like big names and shit like that, right? Yeah. Like the you know what I mean? When they're young, they're actually actors that are working on it and stuff. Yeah. And uh uh Not I, in Florida. What's his name? Uh what's what's his name? Uh fuck uh from uh oh why can't I pull uh, Aaron Paul? No, he was on uh are you thinking of, thinking of What's uh, f- uh Reno nine one one? I apologize. Reno nine one one. The black dude. Okay. What's his name? Yancey Yarborough. Uh, Yarborough. Cedric Yarborough. God damn! I like literally my whole brain just fucking okay. flashed. He when he was on uh when Reno nine one first started, he was playing Shrek at one of those events at Disneyland. Like not like what, just putting it in the DVD for his nephew. No, yeah, he was like the character in Green and stuff, and then people, or and and then he also would do, he would do. That's Shrek. a very layered role. He was also doing Genie sometimes, and he said he literally one time, like during one of the things, he heard people be like, "I think that's the guy from Reno 911," and he's like, "I gotta quit. I can't do this. I can't double dip no more." Yeah, but he wasn't making enough money during the first season of Reno 911 to quit his cash cow day job playing Shrek in the Genie. You know, yeah, it's like that's fucking. It's crazy how that works out sometimes. You know. Um, and I, uh, when you were a kid, did you have a lot of the toys? Yeah, I got, uh, and we talked about it on the action figure episode. Oh, we did. Yeah. I got a whole slew of Beetlejuice toys from my aunt, which I'm assuming she just went to, uh, wherever she could, uh, to get toys yeah. and got the most for bang for the buck because it was clearly like a Beetlejuice clearance. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's yeah. like, uh, like hey, why do I get so many of the, sh- the weirdest character nobody cared about? You know? Yep. Or the weirdest well, one that nobody liked. I got four Orbos, Orthos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, What's that was name? my, yeah, that was my deal. I know I said it on that, on the action figures, but where I would just put the different, I'd stick a bunch of them in one bag and put a different sticker on it. Uh, Beetlejuice, definitely the best movie about interior decorating that I know of. I mean, yeah, I can't think of a better one. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to figure out find the name. That's what I've been doing a few for the listeners. Uh, I, I've been <laughs> in my phone for a long time. Yeah. Somebody that's on. Uh, uh, so Rory Scovel, comedian Rory Scovel, friend of the show, just like Mulaney. You yeah, know, yeah. He's we'll a have real, him on. He's a real in ever. Uh, he has a television show coming out to Comedy Central called Robbie. And I couldn't figure out who it is. But somebody that's involved with that show, like a co-producer, co-writer or something like that, is one of the main people that's in that's co-producers or co-writes or whatever. Beetlejuice, the musical on Broadway. And he was talking about how, like, he on his on Roy Scovel's podcast, he was talking about like that weird thing where you're like, you're creating a show with a team and you're talking to all these people and everything, and then like out of the blue, you find out that like one of those people is also doing like right. a whole fucking other massive artistic thing, and you're like, ah, huh, we don't do nothing. I don't do nothing, you know. Like this was taking all my time. He's double dipping. I heard. Uh, uh, I heard Rory's got a uh, hot dick. Is this a Scovel? Scovel units? Yeah, I thought something yeah. was coming. Yeah. Okay. A, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and that's fun. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited for that musical. Uh, I I never saw, I never did to the went to Universal to see this. I never got to see the live stuff. You know, um, I loved the cartoon though. Oh, yes, uh, the cartoon's so good. Uh, if my great, my biggest list of comedic influences, yeah, it's like uh, Mitch Hedberg, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Beetlejuice from the cartoon. Yeah, it's all puns, right? It is. He literally, yeah. Not only that, if 
he can't do a pun like all by him. He turns into a thing to sell the pun. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, to make it really make sense. And I used to think it was just so hilarious. I mean, yeah, totally, totally. Obviously, like Beetlejuice was one of my favorite cartoons, and I fucking loved the puns. You, there's, you can go through like most of the clips. There's so many like Beetlejuice pun compilations. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Like on YouTube? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what most of it is. Uh, what's cool about it was the show was good anyway. Like, uh, uh, I, it, it was a fun, I loved the cartoon anyway, but then a lot of the creators from it, a lot of the people from it and the writers and stuff like that, they all went on to X-Men, the, the X-Men animated series that we loved as a kid. Um, and in some of the voice cast too, because that's what, um, what's her name? Allison, let me find Allison Court, who did the voice of, uh, Lydia, she did the voice of Jubilee on the X-Men Oh, yeah, cartoon. I can totally hear that. Yeah, and it's funny because one of the main, one of the writers or whatever. Boy, it better be funny. Oh, well, yeah, I hope so. One of the writers of, so one of the people that went from. Winona? Some of the people, yeah. Some of the, one of the. Well, well, that's the only writer I know from Beetlejuice. Writer with a W. One of the writers. Yeah, Winona. You're right. Uh, w, writer. It, I hate that that worked. One of the writers from Beetlejuice who went to uh, uh, X-Men when they were doing casting, he literally was like, I, I, I really kind of hope, I like her, we're friends, but I kind of hope Allison doesn't get it because I've been sick of writing for this Lydia voice for so long. Winona writing. And then she ends up, yeah, and then she ends up getting Jubilee and he spends the next six years writing her, more for her, that voice, you mm-hmm. know, uh, which is pretty oh, funny. Uh, so if it's a superhero, that's more of a writer strong. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, I know, but like, I, I don't know. What do you want me to do? Beetlejuice cartoon too. It was uh, uh, heavily. It, it was one of those. It had two networks backing it up too. Yeah, it like had a long run. Oh, did it really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I. It was I, more successful than I think most people would like. I think a lot of people just don't like uh, of a younger ilk. Yeah, just don't understand how big of a deal. Beetlejuice was and for how long mm-hmm. too I mean and how relevant he still he, he he's still ho- every Halloween too mm, yeah yeah he's still out there and yeah. it's also I see him at Raider games every a, every Sunday it's a thing that goth uh it really kind of was like if you're a gothy kid it was kind of like a, a dab your foot in the water for goth too. I think it was one of the first like uh mainstream gothy things out there yeah totally so too. it was like, like opening it Tim Burton really kind of like yeah uh, that dude's gorth as hill yeah yeah like that era, he like really beat the drum for mm-hmm. Hot Topic before it was even a thing. Yeah, totally. With that and the Nightmare, Nightmare and, and uh, Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, one owner writer picture. Uh, the, and uh, and uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, yeah. AMH. When, when he comes back and he's like seven feet tall and mm-hmm. like uh, roided out. They gave the ooze to the kid from Breakfast Club, and he comes back as super shredded. Should have called him Anthony Michael Tall, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I it, 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 this is the funny thing. I on rewatching it through my twenty nineteen eyes. One thing I thought was so funny it was I was like, okay, so who's her father figures? Winona. It's like uh, that guy who was like a fucking weird child porn guy, or Alec Baldwin, who's just a notorious asshole, and not just an asshole, but. The person he's most known for being an asshole towards is his daughter, you know? So it's like, who the fuck? But then her moms are uh, uh, Gina Davis, who has been nothing but amazing mm-hmm. in her whole entire career. Well, she didn't and make then, it to the Olympics, so pump the brakes, okay? But she almost made it to the Olympics. Like, that's fucking crazy, you know? Uh, and then uh, Catherine O'Hara, who's like one of the greatest comedic minds of our generation and stuff like that. So it's like, 
just to be on set around those people because you know, like you know how it is. Like you hang out with comics and you know people yeah. and stuff. On set, I bet you that one dude was a creepy guy. Baldwin was probably a huge asshole, and I bet you Gina and Catherine were so sweet and nice, you know? So it's like you get to be around those people. Gina Davis was really sweet. That's why that fly loved her so much. Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sugar. Yeah, I love, oh boy, I had a huge crush on Gina Davis when I was a kid. I still do, she's wonderful, but yeah. Dottie Henson? And it's funny because she's so, in this movie, her character is so, both of them, her and Alec Baldwin in this, they don't play these characters in any other movies, you know? No. Um, that's Alex a, Baldwin looks dorked out the entire time, and also you don't know he's a, he's not he's a fucking shadow. Say what you want, Tim Burton, about him, and if he is a good director, or if he's not, or if he's sustained, he comb made, your hair. He made uh, Bal- Alec Baldwin likable, like no one else ever has in film. Like a lot of times he's playing an asshole or he's playing that ratchet up, but like you want you root for Alec Baldwin in this movie. That's fucking weird. You don't do that in a lot of movies, even movies from that era and stuff. You don't do that a lot, you know. Um, uh, is any what was there any of the movie stuff that really stuck out to you? Like any of your favorite parts? Just or a lot of when the visuals, back? especially how, the ran over guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl with the slit wrist. He's doing jokes. The well, fucking that, cigarette guy. Yeah. Fucking all the tiny head people. Or I mean, it's just Beetlejuice and yeah. uh, him. But I mean, just a lot of the dead mm-hmm. stuff, and then just to like a lot of the art direction, and it's so cool. The when you have both Catherine O'Hara's mm-hmm. crazy art that she's bringing in, yeah. and uh, like the Neither World stuff, yeah, and just yeah. What a really cool like whoever did the set design and all that. The kind of sandworms, stuff. Yeah. the Beetlejuice spooky. snake, just all mm-hmm. of the cool visuals. What ha- what happens to the house? Yeah, during the Beetlejuice snake and uh-huh. how it completely changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fucking model. Oh, when, totally. The model set made me want to like models when I was a when kid. When Beetlejuice's grave is under little pieces of cardboard, mm-hmm. the giant fly prop, mm-hmm. and how they did, like, it looks, that that puppetry for the fly yeah. is amazing. And also, I, I love the voice of the fly when he's like, help me, yeah. help me. Hey, uh, you want a second? Uh, come <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I, I agree with that. I, lo- I, I, I just really... Um, it's one of those things that's like I could live in a world like I could live in that. Well, you're going to spend movie. eternity in a world like that. Sure. Boy, got real. Uh, oh, uh, one thing that's funny, too, is there's a line where the 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 interior designer guy, he's like, uh, she says she wants to kill herself. Ortho? Is that Orbo? Something like that. Uh, when he says he, when she's I mean, like, it's either Ortho or that's the name of the guy from He-Man. Maybe. I feel like that's a He-Man name, but I. Uh, He's like, uh, she says she wants to kill herself, and he's like, uh, you no, know, you know what happens if you kill yourself? You become a civil servant. And then they all laugh because it's like classist. But in the, in that extra world, everybody that works there, all the paperwork people, all the people, they all have, they either slit their wrists or they hung themselves or they jumped in front of a bus or something, you know? Oh, all those I never impl- made that all, connection. Yeah, all of them are that. Um, I really like that last joke, uh, w- the last Beetlejuice joke of the movie where he's like... Uh, He's got like number billion, you know, it's a long slip of paper. Yeah. And then the, the head shrinker, the he's got uh-huh. number t- six or something. Yep. And he's like, oh, hey, look, it's the king. Hey, what's up, king? And then he looks over and then he flips papers and then they shrink his head. And I just like the kind of weird optimism Beetlejuice has where his head shrinks. He's like, oh, no, oh, wait, wait, oh, wait. That's me. And then he's like, oh, I think I can pull this off. I got to like this. And it's like, I just like that weird optimism of Beetlejuice is so silly. Where he, it's almost like a flim flam man. He's just like, oh no, I can make this work for me, you know. Uh huh. I really, I really like that. 
Um, well, goddamn, we reached out to the NFers here too. Um, we asked them uh, oh, real quick. Oh yeah, please. A couple of sides. Uh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Actually, if you could talk, I uh, always used to wonder why. Could you talk uh, uninterrupted for maybe a minute so I can grab some water? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Keep talking. I used to wonder like why they would have the uh, the spelling of Beetlejuice in the film where it's Beetlegeist the entire time, and it's like why why are they doing this? Uh, turns out the reason they did that is because we as a collective uh, uh, public, are stupid. Or at least that's what executives feel. And I totally agree that we are stupid uh, because Beetlejuice was actually named for the star, uh, you know, the second uh, brightest star. Yeah, straight on no morning. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, it's always traditionally spelled, you know, with a G, like Beetlegeist. But we'd all be... Scientific. If you put Beetlegeist on a fucking movie poster... Every other person would be like, oh, Beetlegeist? Yeah, what the fuck is that? But it's actually Beetlejuice, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why they uh, called it that. I like the part. I, I was saying it would be fun to have a band when she, when he's like, you got to say my name. And he puts the beetle and the guy's like, ooh. And then he has it's the juice black pouring. Minute made. And she says like uh, beetle orange. Yeah. And then she says like something like all those things. I really like it. Beetle glass, beetle pour. I like that little like run, and I was like, it'd be cool to have a band called like Beetle Orange or something. He should have just put John Paul and George into a juicer. Were juicers around back then? Yes. Well, all right. Hey, I'm we just got asking. juice. If juice is around, juicers are. Oh, they they begat it. Yeah, but uh, ju- when I think of a juicer, I think of a technical machine. Not oh, like- when I think of a juicer, I think of Jose Canseco. Oh yeah, that fucker. He was on the so- sauce like crazy. Uh huh. Um, there's one thing I wanted to say here. Uh. God damn it. What a what a fun like I there I, it's one of those podcasts where in doing the research I learned so many things I want to get it all out but I'm afraid that it's like some of it's too much. I know and Adam I, Goldberg is uh uh Adam Goldberg oh, from, from the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. Yeah. yeah. He's uh self-financing and kickstarting a Beetlejuice documentary called Oh cool. Documentary for the recently deceased. Oh, that's great. That's supposed to come out in 2020 that uh I'd like to check out when oh, it comes out. Oh, for sure. Out. Well, after trying to do some crackpot research for this episode you just dumped on me an hour ago. Hey, you're doing great on it, buddy. Huh. Uh we're fucking 20 32 minutes in. I I want to say this That's not that even a real number. This so is the thing exciting. I read that 32? 2032? Oh, yeah. That's a real number as well. So you're the fucking aliens attack. In the year 2032-ish. If man is still alive. I, this is something I learned on the trivia that I thought was funny. Was that uh, the the studio, Warner Brothers, wanted to call it House Ghosts. Uh, that's what they wanted to call the movie. And Tim Burton, as a way to be like, okay, well, we'll just keep talking. Tim Burton suggested Scared Sheetless. And then the studio was like, that's pretty good. And then they actually wanted to run with that for a while. And he was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> my dumbass idea to just, you know, throw him off almost got it. Um, uh, okay, so we go to the NFers. That sounds good. We did. Um, now, what we reached out to ask, uh, very, you know, typical podcasting, uh, you know, nothing. We didn't do anything crazy. Uh-huh. I said, hey, talking Beetlejuice on the podcast today. Y'all got a favorite scene. Uh, and, and boy, like. This is a cultural touchdown. It is. Like, everybody... People love it. Love Beetlejuice. It's probably because it's so goddamn imaginative. Can I Can I ask a question? No. This is one of those off-air oh, things. Oh, okay. Just go ahead and do it anyways, but... Well, yeah. well I'm, I'm just clarifying, because maybe you'll say yes after I say uh, this yeah. part. Okay. This is one of those things we... A better question for off-air. Huh. Now can I ask it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
I think it would be fun to come up with a small. Maybe this is stealing a little bit from our friends up uh, up your button around the corner. I think it'd be interesting to come up with a small questionnaire for our guests of things like, "Do you like Beetlejuice? Uh, who's your uh, when you think of Super Bowl champion? What team do you think of? Something that when we ask our talk to our guests, we could find out right away where their mindset is. You know, what? because like, could you like we ask somebody? It's like when I think of you think of Super Bowl champion. Who do you think of? Somebody says Dallas Cowboys. Or Tom Brady, you're like, okay. Somebody says uh, the Green Bay Packers, you're like, okay. Somebody says the Patriots, you're like, okay. I feel like it's maybe like a five-question Nostalgic Front questionnaire where we just learn a lot based on those five questions. And I think, do you like Beetlejuice is is one of those things. Because I feel like if you're 22, you'll like Beetlejuice. I feel like if you're 42, you'll like Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that, is that not interesting? You're not interested in something like that? Not right now in the middle of our episode. Well, get out your paperwork because we're going to start filling this out. You know, this okay. is now. I'm this, documented. This is now. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Um, by the way, uh, I would like to see your papers after we're done. Um, Zigzags. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. Uh, first up was uh, Tracy Carnazzo, uh, uh, who said that her favorite scene was in the waiting room. Oh, yeah. All those scenes are great. Um, it's interesting. They added that entire scene oh, really? after production because Beetlejuice tested through the roof. Mm-hmm. And they only had like fucking ten minutes of them. Oh, the so movie. they needed to add more. So they're like, "Hey, we got to start with this Beetlejuice." Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all the I, all that waiting room shit is so good. Um, Ira Hicks uh, said when they first summon him. Oh yeah, when he show, first pops up. Oh yeah, well, and meets his, and them. Yeah, him and the uh, the couple and stuff mm-hmm. are great. And they quickly realize uh, that guy is fucking crazy. Uh, Here's what I've wondered weird. about Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. What's he got the most of? Yeah, you're right. He's the host with the most. We know that, but like no, he's the, most the ghost what? with the most. What would I say? Host. Mm, maybe. Hey, you're the host with the most. Mm-hmm. You know? Most NFers. That's right. Uh, Nick Pfeiffer, he just uh, posted a fun Piper. gif. What is it? Pfeiffer. It's Pfeiffer. Ooh, okay. Pfeiffer. I like that. He just posted a good gif of, uh, it's showtime. Just him doing that. And uh, then he said the entire movie. He loves the whole thing. I was writing the... Uh, M Train the other day. M Train. Ooh, and, okay. And then I like Beetlejuice it. came out and started dancing, put on uh, some music, and he yeah. was like, it's showtime. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. By the way, do you know this? Uh, fucking, uh, what what sports team had the showtime? Was that the Showtime Lakers? Yeah. I think it was. Their HBO is making a television series about the Showtime Lakers called Showtime, and it's going to be on HBO. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah, because I can remember watching Beetlejuice on Showtime on HBO, on HBO growing yeah. up, and then he's like, it's Showtime, and I'd have to check the TV You'd be guide. like, wait a minute, like, this is no, HBO. It's, no, it's not. It wouldn't be great if his catchphrase was, it's Encore. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out, and he's like, stars has movies. <laughs> movies, movies, movies. It's stars, Western. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. Bro- Encore, Black. <laughs> Uh, there was a, what was the, um, one thing that it reminded me of, uh, uh, oh, the It's Showtime, that actual line. One thing I like is I like how uh, Beetlejuice is similar to like a uh, vaudevillian type thing. So when he does the part where when Lydia calls him and he really fucks with the, the at the, after, you know, when he's like got the, the circus hat and the, yeah. all that stuff. When that ends, it just cuts to him smoking a cigar. And he's like, that's why I don't do two shows in a night no more. That's why yeah. I told him. And I like that little, like, fun, weird that's inside baseball really cool, showtime. Uh, shit, when they start getting old and dying, mm-hmm. the Gina Davis. Another thing that. And his jaw falls off and stuff. A real moment is that. It's another thing that really scared me when I was young because. It looks so sad. Well, my, I had uh, some family that had passed away around the same time. And. 
there was a there's some connection between that and their funeral that it all goes in my head where it just kind of all mixes together and I'm like, well, that's what happens when you die. Mm-hmm. You start fa- fading away and your fucking mouth falls off. And it that's one of those things that spooked me a lot when I was a little kid. Spooked. Spooked the shit out of me, uh-huh. like the writer. Wasn't that his name? Scaried, scaried yep. the shit out of me. Um, okay, Boy, next we, up we got... Uh, we sure got the deets on Beetlejuice, don't we? We too, right? Uh, Brian York, uh, he said, anyone know where a guy can get a little action around here? That's a good line. That's yeah, fun, yeah. I like when he gets all those... Uh, spikes oh yeah 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 and then uh yeah they had that toy mm-hmm. I had that oh yeah, toy. yeah yeah except for they didn't have spikes you just put swords yeah through you them. just put the swords right through them. uh martin, and the swords i would use with leonardo and leonardo swords wouldn't go through him they uh, were a little too wide the swords they were closer to like cocktail swords yeah but they, but you could uh leo could hold them oh we're just gonna skip that one. It's fucking people trying to do bits on our fucking show uh Christopher Schlichting. Uh, hey, Martin Lathrop, go to an open mic, buddy. We love you. You're great. I was fantastic, but come on. He said any scene with Otho. Yeah, baby. Otho. You were right. Is that what you said before? I said Ortho. It's all the same. Yeah, all right. You know how? You know the difference between Ortho and R- Otho is? Anti-pirate. Drop the R. <laughs> uh, Chris Olsen said the dinner table dance. Uh, that is great and like also very like uncomfortable. Like in an interesting, I just like love a, the idea of the six people uh, sitting underneath the table for yeah, the entire time the arms. with the shrimp glove, the shrimp arm, yeah, the shrimp glove on that's gonna get ready to grab the face. Everybody, maybe how many times they missed. Everybody's you know, face. Jeffrey Jones loves shrimp. I mean, oh, gross. Okay, yeah, too late. Don't Google it. Uh, everybody's uh, everybody's face in that scene is what's so like awkward to me. Because imagine if you were like sitting at a dinner and everybody thought that was the cool thing to do, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" But then when you're taking part in it, you're like, yeah. "How?" It would like make my my skin would fucking fall off. I'd be so embarrassed uh, of having to go through that. Um, Brian Van Gogh says uh, when Beetle just puts on the same outfit. As Baldwin to win him over. That's fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's talking. He's got that big old gut pushed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, Stevie Lee Crutcher, uh, when the shrimp cocktails turn into hands. That's what we were just talking about, those fuckers under the tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, uh, you tra- got to wash your hands after that, too, because you can't get shrimp off your hands. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. It's like latex gloves. You ever have to wear a latex glove? Yeah. You can wash your hands for fucking two days. You still smell like goddamn latex. Same thing. That's why with, I don't wear condoms. You know, they make non-latex condoms. Yeah, I'm still Trent not into Norris it. it doesn't said, feel as good, Ray. Trent Norris said, I just remember that uh, all my weird friends thought it was the coolest thing, and it just mostly creeped me yeah, out. Yeah, Trent, that's, I'm getting some of that, too. Yeah, I think it's still great, and I got to enjoy it as a kid, but uh, a lot of scary things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this? Patrie Hogland? Yep. Uh, he said uh, he watched the movie five times in a row when he first saw it. His favorite is when Gina Davis and the other guy put on the scary look at the fi- office. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Especially Baldwin because he does the, uh, when he sticks his hand yeah. into his freaking... Uh, the way he like manipulates the back of his head. Yeah, and then the hair all comes away as mm-hmm. his hand goes through the back of his head. I wanted those toys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, And yeah. Gina Davis has the eyeballs pop mm-hmm. out onto yeah. her tongue. Uh yeah, and it's a lot of uh. I would not want a long kiss goodnight from her. Oh, pretty good. Uh, the thing with this too is with Beetlejuice. Um, there's like a little connection between all real monsters and Beetlejuice color schemes and stuff like that. A lot of black and whites, a lot of like weird eyeball shit and stuff. You know, like uh, maybe there's some Google over there. Uh, Josh McLean, our good buddy Josh from Memphis. Also, when you open your mouth that wide, you have to go ah. Oh. oh, you're right. 
Uh, Josh McLean from the band Heels out of Memphis uh, says uh, the now cut scene where he says nice fucking model and grabs his junk. Hey, buddy, I watched it on Amazon last night. It's not cutting there. Yeah, when was that cut? Maybe maybe, he's, maybe he had uh, Brian McGinnis's uh, uh, his dad's dad? copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe he just means like on television they won't show it. Like if they show it on like USA or something. Uh-huh. Um, Jonas Barnes says the are you qualified scene. I love the whole movie in and out. It's so good. Uh, oh, Toll posted a good gif of just fucking, nice fucking model. Yeah, that's one of the best because it. You know why everybody remembers that fucking part? Because he says fucking dude. Because we're cool. all kids. Yeah, we get to watch the movie. It's PG. Yeah, they got that through. It's the uh, MPAA. It's this movie's damn. Yeah, last month's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. Or Uh, or the or from Transformers the movie. Oh shit! What are we gonna do now? Yeah. Uh, Jack Handy seconded. Nice fucking model. Justin Howe says we're here for your daughter, Chuck. Oh yeah, that was very (laughs) funny. That's very funny. Uh, (laughs) That's so weird too. The way the movie ends is so like he's convincing her he has to marry her, and then he's like he pulls the ring out. Remember that you know like uh, he pulls a ring out to get off the other finger, and he goes, "She didn't mean nothing to me, honey. You know that." Uh, where are we at? Um, was that Jen Lutz? Ah, oh, Lutz like boots. She said, "I freaking love Beetlejuice." One year, I dressed up as Beetle Lutz. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. I think she posted that on Instagram. The dinner scene for sure, hands down. More like hands up into the face of the dinner guests. Thank right? you. That was my old ad. Thank in. you. Uh, my mom and I used to act it out while I uh, while it played. One time, Terry Pohl and I did the song for karaoke, but I couldn't think of Beetle Belafonte's name, so I wrote down <laughs> Beetlejuice for the artist. Oh, that's cool! Good. And did it? And it worked. Yeah, that's great. That's fucking great. Um, we have now here from uh, Real in Effer gave us one, and I've been butchering his name on the show. Well, you took a a good year and a half to learn how to say Lutz. Lutz. Yeah, we literally have a cheat sheet on our fucking thing, and goddamn it, somewhere he. He he wrote how to say it correctly, and I'm still gonna fuck it all. Why don't you take a shot with it? Uh, Michael Microwave Death. That's not said, what I'm talking about. Oh, I was gonna say read. I Brian's. thought you were gonna look it up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can do that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Michael Microwave Death said the best part, hands down, was when Alec Baldwin's mouth falls off. <laughs> it, it's good. Yeah. And then uh, I also like the visual, and it's always been cool. There's just so much visually that is just a great in this movie but when gina davis has to unzip her lip oh to yeah try and say beetlejuice and then beetlejuice uh throws a nice two-seam fastball metal plate right over her face after that yeah 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 oh, i wish i could do that to my girlfriend sometimes <laughs> oh boy hey, 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 hey. Uh, and, uh joey uh villa gomez says uh when beetlejuice says come to for your daughter chuck yeah that's a like- fucking good line everybody likes every everything beetlejuice did was it's, memorable because there's so much there's so little of them his 20 minutes in this movie is a good it's 17 uh okay so our nfr whose name i just looked up uh brian arginello that's exactly how i want to say it is it yeah but thanks for i think i said ari i think i said ari Janello last time but uh arginello he said when barbara is hanging out in the closet and rips her face off and then otho just pushes her aside since they don't see them that is the scene that fucking terrifies Barbara me. does a lot of good eyeball stuff because oh. that one too, her eyeballs come out of her face. Yeah. And it has some cool like uh, scream track. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of good eyeball shit in this movie. Uh-huh. And um, then finally, finally. Um, we got Cassandra D saying- Ooh, bo- spoiler. One more after that. Cassandra D says, Juno, the caseworker, 
dealing with the idiot football players. Oh, yeah. But especially when the one dude is finally like, Coach. I don't think we survived the plane crash. <laughs> it's such a fun extra layer of jokes that didn't need to be there to make the scenes work. Yeah. Also, I love uh, uh, her cigarettes yeah. that come out of her throat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the woman that di- that uh, won the Saturn Award. The the, el- the older woman who then passed away. This was her last role. Wow, it's amazing she won a Saturn Award for and blowing play- rings And playing of smoke. Juno. Juno's like a space thing, right? She didn't even look pregnant. No, exactly, right? Where's that ha- hot hamburger phone? I ain't seen yeah. that shit anywhere. Uh, okay, and then our actual last one, because I just clicked and it fucking refreshed, uh, and you fuckers come in hot with these, uh, Eric Anthony said, uh, the metaphors of the whole movie, the materialistic world versus people of love, uh, people of love life but ironically to lose their lives, even the social worker trying to con- counsel the dead, and how to coexist the materialistic even if it means being miserable. I that's like exactly that. uh, That's exactly all I thought about mm-hmm. the movie, too. Yeah. That's my biggest takeaway was... Uh, Materialisticism, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, li- uh, the yeah. God damn. And the materialism like that horsey. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Felt. I felt that and felt some material. So yeah. Also, that's the dog from uh, Frasier. That can't be real, is it? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Sport. Wild. I like the soccer. I like the old barber. Uh, that just rambling. Barbara. The barber out in front of when they go to their store, Maitland, before they die, mm-hmm. and uh, Baldwin goes in and he's like getting in the thing, and then he comes out and the old barber's just sitting there being like, and then he came up and his hair went down to his shoulders. He's like, yeah, cut it short. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's just been talking to nobody the whole time. Also, one of the best opening credits of any movie. Oh, yeah. Just the music mm-hmm. is great, and just the whole flyover long shot of the uh, what you think and, is yeah. countryside, but, but then, it's the model. Yeah, but, and then you have the big giant spider crawling yeah. over the house. Is this uh, was the music Elfman? Is yes. it Danny Elfman? It yeah. sounds like him, but yeah. Um, God yeah damn. Well, if it's Tim Burton, yeah, it's Danny Elfman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Goddamn, that's it. Goddamn, and I think we did it, Patrick. We did it. That's a fucking episode. Yeah, yeah, that is. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me at Patrick Hasey. That's at P-A-T-R-S-K-H-A-S-E-I. PatrickHasey.com for all upcoming shows and dates. Uh, Going to be doing something fun with Brian, uh, our friend of the show, uh, Brian uh, McGinnis. Arginello? Oh. No, McGinnis. Uh, I like, uh, yeah. I like who you may remember from previously on the Nostalgic Front. Uh, we're going to be doing something fun together here real soon, so look at that. Uh, get on the Patreon. Give us a dollar. Give us five dollars. Give us ten dollars. I haven't looked at our Patreon money forever. I know nice. Zoom. I know Zoom just keeps fucking coming out of it. But hell yeah. Uh, I'm gonna send you this uh, a new uh, mic stand, so that'll be fun. Uh, get on the Patreon. Give us a dollar. Give us two dollars. Buy us a shirt. Buy a shirt. Um, buy me a shirt. You know, if you see a shirt you like, send me one. Large, extra large, probably extra large. Just bad again. Large, Marge. Um, tell your friends. Be cool. Never die. And as always, remember. If you are not an NFR, you're an MFR. So, so get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of out here. It's great to have friends like Patrick and Reem who are obscure and yet thoughtful. I love this podcast.